Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Well, I, I think this mic is on. Go ahead and please be, be seated. Um, there was just a couple of other announcements that I wanted to make. I think it's very pertinent to the time that we're in. One is summer camp. We, we, she just talked about children's church uh, being relaunched, as we would use that word. But uh, for the parents who have children and you are thinking about what's, what, what will happen during the summer, we will have a summer camp here, and we would like you to start signing up now. Uh, Sister Faith is on, or, or not here this morning, but I had her slated to do that announcement. But just know you can start calling the church office and give me more details or we can email you more details on what summer camp. But you need to sign up now. We had to turn students down last year. We had so many that we could not receive them all. So this is on a first come, first serve basis. For those of you who are teenagers, I'd like for you to come in and volunteer during our summer camp time. Uh, Many of you are required by your schools to have community service hours. We're able to give you those community service hours by coming and volunteering during the summer camp. So whether you volunteer in the CDC or you come and volunteer in the summer camp, we can give you credit for the student hours that you are required to have before graduation. And again, I've shared this story, I think, a couple of times with the congregation. Please don't come to pastor at the very last minute saying, Pastor, will you sign off for my community service hours? And I would like to tell, the little boy came to me on a Friday. It was 5, almost 6 o'clock in the evening. And his community service hours that he needed by Monday at 8 o'clock was 60 hours. Do the math. Even if I could have worked him 24 hours on Saturday and 25 hours on Sunday, you understand he still would have come up short. And pastor is not going to lie for you. You can't ask pastor to perpetrate a lie. Um, So let's do it. Let's get it done. Um, Let me transition. I'm going to say this, and I know she's watching. You guys looked up here and said, why pastor by himself? I'm not by myself. My wife is still with me. Amen? Amen. But pastor is kind of being uh, protective over Miss Pat right now. I want to say this because I don't like rumors. I don't like people saying things that aren't not really true and say, where did you get that from? So where is Miss Pat? Miss Pat had surgery on Thursday. Why did Miss Pat have surgery on Thursday? She had something called a lumpectomy. Why did she have a lumpectomy? Because she had had a mammogram and the mammogram showed a spot. They did a biopsy on it. They said, oh, it's malignant. How many of you know that doesn't scare us? Amen. See, we know a God who says he's a healer. Amen. Amen. So Yes, she selected to have, or we selected to have surgery. She had that surgery on Thursday. We were there at 5 a.m. in the morning. Amen. Um, Left about just a little bit before 5 that evening. Came home. So it was what you call in and out surgery, but it was a long day. Amen. Uh, Many of you have been responding. You said, hey, could call. And and pastors had Miss Pat phones. And some of it I've let go right on into the voicemail. Uh, A couple of them I answered. But she needs to get some rest. She could probably raising her little fist at me right now. Telling her, <laughs> I love you, baby. I know you're watching. Um, but she needs to get some rest. You all, y'all understand that? 
Um, the medication is heavy and sometimes very sedative, and so you know, by the time you take your medication and have some food, you get tired, you're ready to sleep. They want her to be up, and she's up, she's moving, but I can't be letting her lift. I can't let her reach above her head. And so I know she loves these babies in, up in here. And if she see a baby, she'll, it's instinctive for Miss Pat. She's going to reach for that child. And I don't want those stitches to tear. Um, there are some, there's still a journey that we have to take. Yeah, I won't go into all the details of that. But I just wanted to give you that information so you'd have accurate information and that you would be praying daily rather than just guessing and gossiping. Amen? We don't need no guessing and gossiping. We just need people that are interceding and praying. Amen? And so what are you praying? By stripes, she's healed. Amen? That we are what? More than conquerors. That we can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens us. Look, whatever the devil meant for evil, God is certainly for good. Amen? What's following us all the day? Oh, I love that song. Sarah, you did such a great job on that song, girl. Look, his goodness is running after us. His goodness is truly running after us. And I know that this is going to be, you know, I, thank you, Brother Curtis brought these signs up. Uh, David, would you run in my office and grab one real quick? He's got several of them. We're going to get them posted up during, during this week. But, folks, this is not just something that was cute to do. I, I mean, I'm at the altar of the Lord, and, and the Lord is saying, in 2023, nothing but victory, victory, victory. Now, in order to get the victory, you also have a challenge. Amen? You have a challenge. Someone is challenging you and said, you're going to be defeated. Somebody shout victory. I mean, shout it victory. Because you have the victory in Christ Jesus. And I'm not just talking only in your health. I'm talking about every area of your life. God is declaring in 2023, you will have victory. But here's the key. Many of us, when the enemy comes, you remember the message I preached last week? What happened when Goliath would come out and shout for 40 days? All of the army ran back into their tent. And I shared with you, and I used this phraseology, I said, I don't want us to be a church that just has a holy huddle. Holy huddle for me, me, you come, you sing all these songs, you listen, and every now and then you might say, amen, pastor. But then when the enemy comes, you're like Israel running back in the tent. The enemy may, may come at your health. The enemy may come at your wealth. The enemy may come at your marriage. The enemy may come at any type of area. But every time the enemy comes, you stand. Because why? You have chosen to put on the what? The whole armor of God. And no weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God says, I'll condemn it and I'll prove it to be wrong. Whatever that narrative is, God knows how to change it over to his narrative. His report says, I am free. His report says, I'm healed. His report is always good. That's why his goodness is running after us. 
and, and we're putting these signs up all over the, the sanctuary, all over the, the area of, uh, of the church so that everywhere you go. The, do you realize that when they crossed the Jordan, God said to the children, to the leaders, there's some things that you need to pick up. There are some things that you need to post on, on the doors and post on in your house to remind you. I have this little expression that's right by my door when it goes out. And the expression says, something good is about to happen to you. So I go out my door with expectation. How many of you are expecting great things? Y'all didn't hear me the last couple of weeks and said, we can't stop playing that song. I got a mandate from God, and, and, and I don't want us to go a week without playing that song. You got me, Alfred? Not a week. I, I mean, sometimes it's in our entry. Sometimes it might be in our exit. Sometimes it might be during the time that we're receiving the offering. It doesn't have to be in the same place at the same time all the time. But all the time, somebody say all the time. God is wanting us to be reminded that you're expecting great things. I'm expecting great things in 2023. Victory, victory, victory. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for bringing those signs. But you'll see them all over the sanctuary, all over the hallways, everywhere we can post them. We're going to be posting signs to remind the people of God. Look, if you say to me, Pastor, I need to get one to take home. Well, Curtis, we might have to produce some more so that they can take some home and post them in the house. But you ought to post it wherever you can post it. Take pictures of it so that you can have a picture of it. You know Miss Pat likes to take pictures, don't you? Uh, Miss Pat, they got rainbows on them, so <laughs> you know Miss Pat about rainbows. Israel is one of those areas where God also spoke to me about and says, go again and preach the gospel. And so every time I go, I like to take people with me. Uh, the Lord spoke to me about six different churches that we are supposed to reach out to, and they also travel with us this year, and we will be doing that. Now, I was remiss in getting that letter out last week because of a number of things happening with Miss Pat's health. But on tomorrow, it is my objective to get here early and to leave early. Amen. So that means I'll plug in about four to five hours, and then I'm going home and take care of my baby. Amen. And in that, I want to invite the other ministries. I've called them. They know about it. But I like to also send formal letters to ministries to just let them. But this church is my um, priority in saying to you as members, this is a call not only for your pastor, this is a call for the people. And if you have been understanding what I've been preaching or teaching in relationship to, in relationship rather, to the book of Revelation, this is a year where your eyes will truly be open and you need to travel. And there are a number of people already saying, uh, I intend to go. And we handed out or asked that uh, a sheet be handed out. Next week, right after service, I'm going to take some time to... Uh, call it an, an informational meeting, if you were. As soon as we finish the service, we're going to move into a, another section of the church, and I want to be able to answer questions that some of you may have concerning this particular travel date. It's going to be in October uh, of um, this year. Uh, we'll be there 10 days, and really it's, it's eight days because two days is travel. One day, basically, you're traveling to Israel, and then at the end of it, these pictures that you're seeing, these, this is Rainbow Family Christian Center. You see me, I'm very casual there, hat on, blue shirt on, and preaching the word of God. I know where I was at that point. That was at Peter's, where they believe it's the site of Peter's home. This is um, a number of different areas that we travel to, but I like to travel to areas. You could go to Israel and just go in 
as we say, tour. I like to take you to where your Bible is going to connect with you. And so you'll see other things, but everywhere you go, you, we're going so that you can connect with your Bible. That's Capernaum on the, the screen, and, and we'll take you there because we want you to be aware. What does your Bible say about that particular region, and why is that so important to you today? I don't want you just to have a history lesson. I want you to connect with what is it saying to you today? So we don't just go and look and take a bunch of pictures. You probably will take a bunch of pictures, but we preach the gospel. And then if I have other ministers traveling along with me, I give them assignments to preach the gospel. Um, my heart's desire is that you all will go. Um, so be prayerful. If you need a little bit more information, come and be a part of that session that we're going to have on next week. Uh, that boat, I, I can remember that boat there. Miss Pat's preaching on that boat right there. We're on the Sea of Galilee. As you can see, it's not a sea. It really is a lake. It's a pretty big lake. But we go out, and we do that. And then afterward, we go and have lunch right on the, the wharf and uh, let you eat a nice fish dinner like God gave Jesus. Amen? Um, you're seeing, that's our God. His name is Ezra. Ezra's been here uh, several times and have been right in the midst of one of our, our, our services. So I know Ezra. I, uh, I started out with Ezra's dad, and he's gone home to be with the Lord, and I'm so thankful. Not only did he, he tour us and did not know Jesus, but got to know Jesus. And he got to know Jesus because we were up in the upper room and something started to happen. I mean, we talk about a shaking took place up there. And I will never remember. His father's name was Monty. And Monty grabbed my hand. He says, what's going on? And I was able to quote to him from the book of Joel, this is that. This is that. And, and that's the Jordan. You can see it's muddy. You see how the white robes and you see the ones coming out of the water. So if you want to baptize, pastor ain't going to get in there and baptize you. But I will let somebody <laughs> baptize you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to keep my little uh, sweatsuit on, and it's going to stay clean. I'm not jumping in the muddy Jordan with you. Amen? Now, if the Lord said to do it, I'll do it. But he hadn't been like that with me yet. He hadn't said go dip seven times in the Jordan, so I ain't planning on dipping anybody. But if you want to be dipped, I'll surely make sure it happens. Amen? Look, there are some beautiful sites. This is a site where um, literally uh, we get to teach about Elijah and how God rained down fire. How God was able to give him strength with the jawbone of an ass to slay all of Baal's uh, demon worshipers. Folks, we want you to know that your Bible is not a book of fiction. It's a book, book of truth. It's good news. And so sometimes you need to just kind of go with us and walk these areas with us. And it's something that will happen to you. Now what happens in, in the midst of this, uh, you say, well, what else do I have to pay? Just whatever that cost is to get there. Your meals are included in there. Your hotels are included in that. Your bus touring all around the country of Israel, it's all included in that. So you have a big Mediterranean. Don't expect no sausage, though. Amen? Yeah, that's pork. You understand what I'm saying. Um, just not going to get it. Amen? I could take you probably to some other outlying areas 
Uh, one of the things I also like to share with people is that uh, the itinerary is not written in stone. Sometimes there are some areas that we couldn't get in that opens up, and I will say to the tour guide, take us there. So it'll change. You'll actually get some pluses. Uh, and then there are some things that if there are some activity that I uh, don't feel very comfortable with, I'll say, let's, let's divert from there, and let's go here. Uh, so it is, as people say, if it's safe, just as safe as you going down to Silver Spring, just as safe as you going into Washington, D.C. Everybody understand what I'm saying? There's danger everywhere. What you are, are more focused on is the fact that you know Jesus. And you're surrounded with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so there are many, you know, I, I'm out at night walking on the streets of Israel. I go down to Jerusalem. I, I, every now and then, like some of us, we, we go because we say, I need to go to the ATM. Well, let me tell you, there's not a lot of ATMs. There are a few, but they're far in in between. So you take whatever cash you need. He says, uh, do I need to convert money? Most often you don't. You know, um, I don't work with shekels very much, so you don't want to work with shekels either. Amen? Uh, they would rather have your American dollars anyway. So be there. Um, follow the instructions uh, when you go to Israel. Just follow the instructions that it just keeps you. It just keeps you in a place where you're safe. It keeps you in a place where you're blessed. Uh, there are times where I tell people, uh, you know, going to have a lot of people asking you to buy souvenirs at this spot. Don't. Wait. Wait till later because the, the same item, you go in there, you buy a hat, and you pay $5, and then when I get you to another location, you can get five for $5. You're like, oh, Lord. Uh, that's because you didn't listen. Wait. We'll make sure you can shop. We'll make sure that you can see. We'll make sure that you can take the pictures where you need to take pictures. And please don't take pictures where we tell you not to take pictures because the Israeli police is going to jack you up and pastors going to be waving at you as we're on the bus. <laughs> no, I'll come back and get you, but it would be better if we didn't have to come back and get you because you were just doing what we've asked you to do. Amen. So, I say this, for any of you, you need to look at your passports if you already have your passport. If you don't, get your passport. You also need to make sure you look at your driver's license. Do you have now what's called a real ID? If you have the old ID, you might want to get over to MVA and get that changed. I think we have an extension of six months, and we're already two months into that extension. So you need to start to work on that right away. You can go on the line for the MVA and say, what's the requirement for a real ID? Um, get all of that paperwork, take it over to the NBA, and get you a real ID. Amen? You won't be able to get on the plane in October if you don't. Amen? Some of you may require some additional paperwork. In other words, some of you have what we call dual citizenship. You have a visa, perhaps, or a, a passport from another country. They may require you to get a visa. Uh, that's why we want to gather the information early. Amen? Um, if you have uh, citizenship in Nigeria, I will tell you right away, you will need to get a visa. We need to take you down to the embassy. You need to get a, uh, a visa from the, your uh, Nigerian embassy, and then we need to get some paperwork signed over at the Israeli embassy in order to get you down there. Amen? Otherwise, they will be holding you at customs and holding you for a long time. Amen? Um, but again, we will brief you in all of that. You got your Bibles? You ready? Amen. So last week, we were looking at 
the fact that you may have some large looming circumstances facing you in your life, but you have to look at it like David looked at Goliath, knowing that if you'll follow God, there is a reward. I mean, you know, God will always bring you to a place called victory. Amen? No, none of the weapons that the devil formed against you can prosper. You just got to trust God. But I want you to go into your Bibles to the book of Psalm this morning, specifically to the 18th Psalm, and we're going to look at verse 34, 35, and 36. Psalm 18, verse 34, verse 35, and verse 36 is where this message will begin. It won't necessarily um, uh, just linger there. We'll have other scriptures. But the title of the message, if you want a title uh, for those of you who are note takers, it's Teach My Hands to War. Teach My Hands to War. It comes right from the scripture, as you can see in verse 34. If you are there already, and those of you at home, if you have got your Bible, when you get to the 34th verse, that's the very first thing it says. He teaches my hands to war. So that a bow of steel or a bow of steel is broken by my arm. Verse 35 says, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy right hand has holden me up. And thy gentleness has made me great. Thou has enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. Now, I'd like to just draw into another scripture here. And this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse four and five, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God or through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when this message title says, He teaches my hands to war, I don't want you to think that he's talking about something carnal. You know, like, all right, I'm having this situation with Maui. Come on, Maui, stand here with me. So he teaches my hands to war. We're not talking that at all. Because you can remember there's a man named Peter in the Bible, right? And they're in a garden called Gethsemane, right? And all of a sudden, the, 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 the soldiers come to the garden. What does Peter do? Grab his little knife or a little sword or whatever we call it. He pulls it out of his sheath and shoo, cuts the man's ear off. The man's name is Malchus. And yet Jesus said to Peter, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how we do warfare. Jesus picks up Malchus's ear, puts it back on Malchus. He tells Peter, if you try to live this way, if you try to live by the sword, you too will die by the sword. So when we're talking about teaching your hands to war, I don't want you to get for a moment that I'm telling you, and some of your parents, you're, you're not so good at this because you're telling them, if they touch you, you better beat them up. 
you need not tell your children that kind of stuff. You, you need to be tra training them like the Bible says, look, you can learn how to turn the other cheek. You can trust God to the point that he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. Look, I don't, I, I've served in the military, but I don't believe every answer is send out a nuke. Pick up a, an M-16. Launch some Tomahawk missiles. Go to war. The Bible is telling us the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal. They are mighty through God. The weapons that we have will pull down the stronghold. God will teach your hand to war. God will teach you to do something else with your hands. Everybody, just, just take a look at your hands right now. Just look at your hands. Those are some powerful weapons. And God will teach you how to do spiritual warfare with them. If you don't mind, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. That's a weapon. What you just raised right now was a weapon. Here's how it says it in the Bible in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Now, Alfred, I don't know if you've got that scripture. But first, look, I will, this is the will of God, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up what? Holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Folks, that's a weapon. Say, raise them again. Raise your weapon one more time. That's a weapon. And God wants you to begin to learn how to start using this weapon. He said, this is not a carnal weapon. This is not what the world looked. This week, some of you were, as me, probably horrified by the fact that a man gets off a bus following another individual, shoots him in the leg, goes into the metro station, shoots another person in the leg, gets on the platform, and decides he's going to shoot somebody else. Somebody tries to help somebody else, and they die. Gets on the train. And it's saying to everybody on the train, and any of you that have been on the subway, you understand you're in that box car. And this person is really in front of the door. Nobody can get off. Nobody can get on. And saying to everybody, do you want to, what happened? Do you see the man laying on there? And he's dead. You see him? Do you want to end up like that? <laughs> I always think, you know, what happened afterwards, if you were following this account as I was, there's a woman who is on the train, and I, I, I was listening to her interview, and she said, I don't know what made me do it. But she jumped up and grabbed the gun and got off the train. She saved a multitude of lives. Young one, one young man, he's probably about 19 years old. He says, I know she saved my life because the gentleman was standing there with his hand on his shoulder, sat right behind by him, with the God point. See, folks, how many of you don't understand why pastor tried to tell you you need to pray? And you don't go out of your house just assuming that you can just jump on the bus, jump on the train, jump in your car, walk down the street. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says the devil comes to blind the mind. Look, that person's mind was blinded. No regard for life. You see, what God wants you to do is realize you've got weapons that you've got to start using on a daily basis. Look, I didn't always want to, but I was, 
My training was always up to speed when it came to handling, and I'm talking from a, a natural level, handling a weapon. But it was not until I began to understand that there's something more than just a natural weapon. God was giving me something supernatural to work with. Well, the military decorated me as a marksman with a weapon. I've been firing a weapon since I was 10 years old. My daddy just, we grew up in the South. We grew up on the farm. He had a gun in the back of his truck. It wasn't because he was a redneck. It's just, that was it. You had snakes. You had other things. And, and he didn't ever point a gun at a person. And we better not even think about pointing a gun at another person. That was just it. So, folks, it's not necessarily a gun problem. It's a people problem. And the people problem is the devil. See, I have a devil problem. You don't have a people problem. Why would I say that? Because the Bible, the Bible says this. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are in high places. See, some of us don't realize that the things unseen are more real than the things that are seen. I, I share it with you how when I, my first assignment in the military, they put me on a, a what was called quality insurance inspection team. It's kind of an IG team, and we got to travel all over the place uh, inspecting other people's stuff. I thought I was hot stuff. Because I get to go and look at somebody's program and tell them whether they were doing it right or wrong. And boy, I had rolled up some stuff, Prody. <laughs> I was at this unit. I had rolled up, man, I had a book about what was they weren't doing right. Because I, I was just sure I know the book. I know the reg. I know the procedure. I know the instruction. And I'd go in there. And then I can remember uh, the, my supervisor was a, uh, what we call a full bird colonel. And, and when I brought my little report, because at the end of the day, you bring your report. Everybody consolidates over his report. And we're going to give that particular unit our feedback. And he took my book, nice, tight, and pushed it back down the table at me. And this is what he said to me. You're not helping me. I looked at my book again and said, what do you mean I'm not helping the problem spot, at least in this particular area of expertise, I found all the problem spots. And I will never forget this. This was a life lesson, still is a life lesson for me. He says, you haven't identified the root cause. Everybody say it, root cause. See, sometimes we're dealing with surface stuff, but we don't get to the root cause. Sometimes you don't realize why is all of the killing and the, and the stealing and the destroying in the street. How many of you know the Bible is telling you the root cause of that is the devil? But some of us, we don't see any need to pray. You come Sunday by Sunday, smile at me, raise your hand, the holy huddle that we keep talking about. But all through the week, 5 a.m., yeah, I woke up at 5 a.m., but I went back to sleep. I pushed the snooze button. You better stop snoozing. Because if you don't realize you're snoozing, you're losing. God's trying to get some people up. God's trying to get some men up, some women up, some teenagers up. 
Even out of the mouth of babes and suckling, God said, I can ordain praise. And the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. And they pull down strongholds. How many of you got strongholds in your life and you know it? You're like, I, 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 I'm just not having no victory. I'm not, you won't have victory. The army that was facing Goliath had, had been tormented for 40 days. And it was getting worse. It wasn't getting better. And here comes David. Saying, thank God, I'll just trust the Lord. Think I'll use my hands the way the Lord tells me to use my hands. Think I'll use my voice the way the Lord tells me to use my voice. I think I'll get a victory because, you know what? When I look back over my life, the Lord has already, how many of you can look back over your life and know the Lord has already given you a victory? What would make him different today? Because the Bible says he's the same, what? Yesterday, today. And it'll be that way, what? Forevermore. You can trust God now. And he said, look, if you'll come, I'll train you. I'll train your hands to do war. And one of the ways that we say that you, he trains our hands to do war is about lifting up our hands. Lifting up our hands. Every now and then I, I look and we're in praise and worship and some people got their hand lifted up and some people got their hand stuck in. And you know what? You'll probably stay stuck in. I'm not trying to be harsh or hard by preaching what I'm preaching. I'm just simply saying, whatever he says to do, do it. Now, you know I drew that from the very first miracle that Jesus uh, uh, performed. And what was that? Turning the water into wine. But uh, prior to that, Jesus' mother had instructed everyone, whatever he says to do, do it. God has messengers. I'm a messenger. All I'm going to do is instruct you on what God is saying do. Some of us, instead of using our hands, is just praise God. We use our, our voice. You remember I said you, 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 you have to get past some people that have things over you emotionally. You have to get past some people that have things over you in an authority way. And you have to get to the place where you understand who is walking, who is truly walking with God. Folks, you will always have people who are people of influence, and I've realized that not everybody uses their influence for the glory of God. Some of you are trying to use your own personal agenda. It's like me. I tell you, I don't want to ever preach politics to anybody, but some of you, you try to preach politics, and you're missing it. Every time you try to tell somebody they need to vote for this person or this party, you are way off track. And if a pastor ever hears you saying that, I'm just going to ask you, please cease to do that. Stay with the gospel. Stay with the word of God. God is not limited. There's no one in office that God can't move their heart. What is our responsibility? To do what the word says to do. And the Bible said, whoever is in office, Pray for those that are in authority that don't be telling me, oh, I don't like him. I don't like them. I don't like, no, pray for those that are in authority. When you stop running your mouth about who people need to be voting for and who, who should you be praying for. 
Who should you be praying for? I will never forget this. There's a lady who spent her life focused around prayer. Her name was uh, uh, Cindy Jacobs. You can Google her. You'll find her. She was out in the Denver, Colorado area. And, and, and I remember Cindy Jacob being so repentant. And, and I appreciated her openness and the repentant because she didn't like Bill Clinton. You remember when Bill Clinton was in office? And she didn't like him. She didn't want him to be president. And she said, for four years, I refused to pray for him. How many of you know if you refuse to pray, some, pray for somebody, for four years that are in authority, you're refusing to obey God. And that's what God revealed to us. Say, Cindy, your life and things that are happening in your life is because you decide to do your will rather than mine. And she repented and began to openly pray in the last year of Mr. Clinton's uh, administration. Folks, some of the stuff that happened we don't realize how much responsibility God has given us as the body of Christ. You can't infuse your personal opinion. Just like a young boy in, in Texas. He had just started church, just getting in ministry, and he had his whole church praying that Obama would not be president. They fasted and prayed for 40 days so that Mr. Obama would not become president. And I mean, he had his whole church. They were on it. Every day for 40 days, they fast. And guess what? He was president. So tell me who missed it. You understand where I'm coming from? You can't infuse personal preferences over the word of God. Everybody say, stick to the word. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, stick to the word. Stick to the word. The interest of God's word is what gives people light. Folks, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or what they call independent, that will not get you into heaven. That will not get you into heaven. You got to stay with Jesus. You got to stay with the word. You, you remember Joshua? Joshua, you and I, we need to meditate in the word what? And then observe to do it. Most people leave that part out. You got to observe to do it. And then, everybody say, and then. We want to get to that place without doing what God says do. And the Bible says, then you're just a hearer. You haven't become yet a doer. Come on. Say, Lord, teach my, teach my hands to war. God wants to teach your hands to war. But in teaching your hands to war, he's looking for people that will learn how to be obedient. Everybody clap your hands for just a moment. <laughs> clap them under God now. Clap them under God. Give the Lord a clap offering. Give the Lord a clap offering. Do you know that's a weapon? This is why the Bible says the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. Look, none of the people, if you hadn't told them, if they walked around Jericho Wall for six days being quiet, and on the seventh day they walk around and then they shout, nobody would have believed, no, that's not going to work, Pastor. We got to get us some nukes. We've got to get us some grenades at least. 
We got to get some TNT or some dynamite. We, that, that's the only way we're going to be able to blow the wall. God says, I'm going to take something very simple and I'm going to confound uh, 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 the wise people who think that they know it all. They won't be able to figure this out. I'm getting a victory, Pastor, just by clapping my hand. Oh, clap your hand. Next scripture for me, Peter Apper. Read it with me. To the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. Oh, clap your hand, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. See, victorious people shout. Watch next week. All of the fans of Philadelphia are going to be shouting. All of the fans of Kansas City are going to be shouting. And you get to the church and you say, folks, we got a champion. We got somebody better than Jalen Hurts. We got somebody better than Patrick Mahomes and all of the other players. I don't know anybody else's name, but you understand? We got somebody better than all of that. And we won't clap our hands. We won't shout. Come on, you can do better than that. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God is teaching you to use your hand with warfare. But it's not conventional warfare. It's spiritual warfare. And you get victory after victory after victory when you learn how to do what God is instructing us to do. He is the one who teaches us to war. See, can you imagine what the devil was thinking? After a while, I'm going to be able to blind their minds, and they're going to say to the leader, this is stupid. We walked around the wall yesterday, Monday. Ain't nothing happened. Somebody sing me a note. Even when you can't see it, what is God doing? Now, now sing the note. See, when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, God is still working, and he never stops working on your behalf. It's, that's why I think God, God likes to use agronomous terms. Because he's trying to get you to realize, when you put a seed in the ground, when does it start to grow? Immediately. And what is the first thing that a seed has to do? Die. Metamorphosize. Become something new. What is God trying to do? He can get you into where he tells you to be. He can help bring a change in your life. He can help you become the new creature that he needs you to be. Old things will pass away. Look, if you put a kernel of corn in the ground, it immediately starts to adapt to the heat and the moisture. It immediately starts to peel off that old kernel of corn that you put in the ground, and all of a sudden something sprouts, something new. And the Bible says, the first then what? You all know the scripture? A little blade comes up, folks. And after the little blade comes up, there's a stalk that comes up. And after the stalk comes up, the Bible says, after that, the full ear corn. The little one seed you put in now has several ears of corn as my dad. I don't know why they call them ears. They don't ever look like an ear, like Dr. Spock ears, maybe. But <laughs> I, I, I digress. But you understand? Just one seed. 
But if we try to lean to our own understanding on that matter, we say, no, maybe I should go dig that up and see if it's growing. No, all you have to do is believe. Look at your neighbor and say, if you can only believe. In 2023, God can turn some things around. I don't know, I don't care how crooked it is. Some of you right now, your marriage is upside down. It's crooked. Things that could, couldn't be any worse in your own mind. But God can turn some things around. God knows how to reach down into the depths of a person's heart and make that stony heart or make that crooked heart or make that blind eye open up. What you have to keep doing is what God tells you to do. Use your hands and wage warfare. Use your hand and get up and start praising God. What did God tell you to do? Don't, then use your mouth. Call things that be not as though they were. You, can't, you just can't give up. You know, back in the day, there was a man. He's gone home to be with the Lord. His name was Ed Cole. And I had the pleasure of meeting Ed Cole. We were downtown D.C. at what used to be the old convention center, which is up near Capitol Hill. It has now been torn down. But we were there at that particular area. But the thing that amazed me was not so much Ed Cole. It was the, the guy who was Ed Cole's armor bearer. Because I got to hear his story. He had a, a wife that basically said to him, I, I, I don't want to do this Christian thing. You're you, you all over the country following this man, preaching, teaching. You come home, I, I'm tired of it. And you know what? I'm tired of you. And she said, I want a divorce. And she filed for a divorce. She actually got a divorce from her husband. He was pretty much non contestant of it. And so Ed said to him, do you want your marriage? Do you want your marriage? See, see you got, how many of you know you got to want it? God really is working on a lot of people to get your want to fixed. Because you really got to want it. And so he thought for a moment, and, and then he did reply. He says, yes, I want my marriage. And he said, then you need to fight for it. And so what this young man started to do every day, he started to pray. Now, thank God for Ed, because he would go in the office, and he would, that would be the first thing they'd do before they go to any type of the business thing, travel or whatever they need to do. They would get together, and they would then begin to start to decree what the Word says about him as a husband, about her as a wife, and begin to say to God, I want my marriage. Sometimes we can get upset with people and we can get really bent out of shape with them. And I'm not saying that they have done right or said things that are right. Uh, 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 bottom line is, you got to determine, do I love them? And do I love God? Do I love his word? Do I really want it? And he really wanted his marriage. Folks, they were divorced for two years. But his wife, as a result of his prayers, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost, came back repenting, crying, and said, I want our marriage. They've been together now for 33 more years. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering again. Because that's who God is. But you have to want what God wants for your life. If you don't want it, I would say, Get your blessing, get your blessing, get it now. But if you don't want it, I'll take it. 
I'll take it. On January, January 31st of this year, Mr. Pat and I are 42 years of marriage. And I just laughed and I said, Lord, Lord, you have been good to us. You have been real good to us. 42 years. And I would always say to her, you've been living with me longer than you've been living with your daddy. <laughs> and it's truth. And that's what God wants. He wants long-lasting relationship. Even in your friendship relationship, God wants want long. See, people just throw away friendships like they're just water. I, I didn't agree with this you said or this you did. Okay, disagree with me on that. But don't be disagreeable. Don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. Realize, okay, that was dirty. Ooh, dirty water. Get rid of the dirty bathwater, but don't throw the baby out. Recognize that you do have differences with people. But does that difference cause you to disregard them and to dash them away? That's not God. Come on, did you not know that you had a sense of separation from God? But God so what? Love you. How many of you know love will do what? It will melt a multitude of sin. I, I look back on uh, uh, doing worship and I saw Sergio. And I, I would always mess with Sergio, even when he was a little kid. I called him Sergio Garcia. I remember putting the golf club in his hand for the first time. I said, Sergio, you still haven't learned how to play golf with me, so you know we overdo it, Sergio. But I look back and I look at kids, and my heart's desire is that all the days of their life they would just serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God. When I'm old and I have gotten there, every morning I look in the mirror, and one morning I look in the mirror, I thought I was looking at my daddy. I said, What is he doing here? Some of you had that experience too, I'm pretty sure. Just keep living. But when I look at these children, though, and Sergio, I think he was six years old probably. He'd just hang with me. We'd go to the park, ride bicycles, do all kinds of things. Come every morning. To the, and when I was talking about summer camp, I was looking at you and thinking, you were one of them summer camp people. But God's not finished with you, Sergio. He's got a plan for you. And it's so good. I, I just, if I could tell you what I saw this morning, it's so good if you will follow God. Look, God, God's raising up giant slayers for the last days. God is saying, do you want me to teach you something? And what he wants to teach you is to use your hand to do spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, church. They are mighty. Claps your hands like this. Everybody know what that means when you do this? God will teach your hands to do war. And sometimes you just need to learn how to just, once again, clap your hands. Everybody knows what this, even the emojis. If you send by an emoji like this, what is it saying? I'm praying for you. Because he's teaching our hands to do what? Warfare. God teaches us. And this is one of your weapons, your prayer. The Bible says the prayer of the righteous avails what? Much. God's trying to remind you, I want you to raise your hands sometimes. 
I want you to clap your hands like that. I want you to just put them together and pray and realize that your prayer, and when you pray, God hears your prayer. God answers your prayer. God does exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think in that prayer. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. Can anybody wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care? <laughs> I'm not a good rapper, but you understand? You understand where I'm coming from? Folks, that didn't derive with hip-hop. That was the Bible saying to you to give a wave offering. Come on, anybody, can you give a wave offering to the Lord? That didn't happen at football game when they were doing the wave and this would go around the stadium. That started in the church where the people of God would give God a wave offering. Just letting them know that they love him. Exodus 29, 19. Can you put that up there for me, Alfred, real quick? Exodus 29, 19. Did I give you that? Maybe not. Maybe yes. Mm, that's not where we need to be. I think it's 29. Exodus 29, 19. You, you put a 2 in there, Exodus 22. Like, who lies with the beast? No, we ain't lying with the beast. <laughs> Exodus 29. I just want you to know, I'm not just giving you and feeding you a an emotional message. I'm trying to show it, share with you everything that I'm sharing with you comes from the Word of God with what to do with your hand. God is trying to teach you what to do with your hand. Look at this. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Let's read down a little bit further. Maybe I gave you the wrong stuff there, Alfred. Um, let's, let's read down a little bit further. Let me find it in mine. Amen? And thou shalt take... Can you get verse, nine, uh, verse 20? I know you have to do a lot of work back there. But uh, if you can take me down just a little bit further in that passage. Because, folks, the wave offering was where people would just come and, 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 and they would just offer God something that they, you know, every now and then when we're receiving offerings, sometimes the ministers will instruct you, just take your offering envelope and just wave it. Just wave it. See, I grew up in the South. And if you ever travel with me to my home, I'm going to tell you you have to get your wave on. Because you know what? If you're sitting or standing outside, when people pass by, you know what they do? They wave at you. They wave at you. How many of you realize that when you're going sometimes into a territory and the people trying to show you that they are friendly, they'll, they'll wave. What are you doing and saying, God, I'm a friend of God. Somebody, who's a friend of God in here? And there, every now and then, you just have to wave at God and say, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. God is your friend. And the Bible says he's your friend, and he's a friend that sticks closer than a friend. There's nobody who will stick closer to you than God. Nobody. Nobody can compare with what God will, will and does do for his people because he loves them. God is teaching your hands to war. And sometimes that use of your hand is in just lifting them. The use of your hand is just clapping. The use of your hand is just praying. The use of your hand sometimes is just waving. Waving that you have the victory. Waving them and letting God know, I belong to you. 
Anybody ever seen somebody where when they just know they got it, they go, I do that when I think I made a good golf shot. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to grip the hand of God. God's reaching to you right now. Sometimes you just have to reach up and just grab it. I can see the picture of my grandmother right now, Mary Matthews. And every now and then, out in the service, she would just do like this. She'd just stand up and she'd just, it was like she was gripping the hand of God. Knowing that I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. I'm building my hopes on things that are eternal. I'm just going to hold to God. He said, well, it's imaginary. No, you reach out. Somebody reach out and just grab a hold of God right now. Because God's reaching for you. God's reaching for you. And God's trying to teach you that I can take your hand and I make your hand hands of war. The devil will be confounded by it, confused by it, won't understand it. Because the weapons that God's given you, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. And you can pull down strongholds. Teach my hands to war, God. One passage of it says, and teach my fingers to do the likewise. God's trying to teach you what to do with your hand. You're not to take your hand and slap somebody. You're not to take your hands and pull a trigger. You're not to take your hands and, and, and write something derogatory about a person. God wants you to use your hand so that everything that you involve your hand is something that promotes holiness. Holiness. How many of you realize that so much character assassination has taken place on some, so many social platforms? Somebody got upset with somebody. Somebody uh, was, was, was in disagreement with somebody. So they're going to take their hands and use. Your hands should be the hands of a ready writer. What are you ready to write? You're ready to write the story, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why I said, do you, do you really understand how to use your social platforms? I care nothing about what meal you eat. Send me no pictures of your foodie. Be a foodie if you need to be. But don't send me a picture of that. Send me something that will inspire me. It's like watching Miss Pat the other day. I'm looking for him. Rachel, where he is? Come here, Miss Danny. I could tell that the pain was intense and Miss Pat was in pain. But somebody sent her a little video of this little boy praying for her. Calling her by name. Grandma Pat, don't call me Grandpa. <laughs> oh, how I lifted her. Oh, how words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, what words came out of his mouth, what he had been meditating on his heart concerning his grandma Pat, and somebody just filmed it, sent it to her at a time when she needed it the most. That's what God is saying. Look, these are witty... Y'all give me a hand clap because he's just blessed. I know Miss Pat is saying, my baby, my baby. All right, you can go back, buddy. That's what we're saying. If you got him, 
Use them properly. Use them to edify. Use it to glorify. Use it to magnify. Use it to lift up Jesus. But don't be, I can find my restaurant somehow, some other way, folks. My restaurants, the way I find them is because I'm hungry. What's close by? What's serving good food? You don't have to send me no pictures like, yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, let's look at Jesus. Let's get all eyes on Jesus again. Let's get all minds stayed on Jesus again. Let's keep our minds and help other people keep their minds stayed on Jesus. And when we do that, what does God say will happen? He will keep us in what? Perfect peace. God's trying to teach your hands to war, but sometimes we put our hands to things that God is saying, I'm not pleased with that. That's not what I gave that to you for. That's not why I bless you with that. God blesses you like that, but he wants you to know whatever he blesses you with. He wants you to use them. Lift your hands out in front of you one more time, just like this. Will you be willing to yield your hands for service to the Lord? I call that the surrender moment. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. In that song, it says, take my hands, take my feet, take my mind. Whatever you need, God, but I'm yielding my hands and teach my hands to war. And to teach you, when God teaches your hands to war, he wants you to put your hands to service. Here's how I say it in church. I said there should be nobody, absolutely nobody, that says they, that they are a member of this church and you're spiritually unemployed. You've got to be serving in some capacity. Children's church, you heard Shavisha come up here and say, don't you want to see children living for God? Don't you want to see children living good and living a God life? Well, put your hands to service. Look, I watched this morning and I said, we only have one usher? I knew it was two. I knew Yanker was one. But he was doing another task. And I watched Mr. Barry bring, and I was like, aren't there some more ushers in the church? And folks, even if you're an usher and you say, well, I, that's not my day. Look, be ye also ready. Folks, if, if I went to a church and the pastor wasn't there, I would get up and start preaching. I'm ready all the time. I go to funerals now that aren't necessarily here with a message. Because I want to be, and it's happened to me on two occasions already. Went to a funeral at another church and ended up preaching the funeral. Be ye, say it with me out loud, be ye also ready. Folks, don't just get in the habit, and it is a habit, of just coming to church. God is trying to get you to become the church. How many of you know you can sing? There's a lot of people got your hands up. Why are you not up there singing in the praise and worship team? Come here, Whitney. You don't, don't, don't you even leave today without talking to Whitney. So if you didn't know who Whitney is, say, now you do. 
That's our praise and worship leader here. But God wants to use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, right along with the gifts, talents, and abilities and the leadership that he's given her. No one should sit down and say today, you know, I don't have a place in the church. Yes, you do. Well, pastor haven't given me a place. I apologize if that's what you thought. But it ain't true. There's something for you to do. Something for every, you heard me say, every youth in this church ought to be here this summer helping them. Unless you have a, 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 um, a job already or unless you have uh, an internship or something that you're working on. Now, that, that's all good if that, those things are in place. But don't be just sitting home watching Netflix. Well, you're just getting out there hanging with your, uh, your, your, your buds, on uh, your, your BFFs or whoever they are, and not involved in the things of God. You've got to put your hands to something. You will never feel like your family in this church or any other church until you put your hands to something. You won't. I never felt like I was a part of my high school class. And it wasn't because I didn't want to put my hands to it. They wouldn't let me put my hands to it. Some of you don't know my story. I was only a child of color in my school at the time. When I go through Black History Month and I think about civil rights, it, it, it takes me to a whole different other place. But I didn't feel like a part of that class until the reaching that I was doing was reciprocated. So I'm saying this on the flip side. When people want to serve, those of you who are in the positions of authority, don't push people back and act like they can't serve. You aren't Miss Pat and Pastor's favorite. All of them are our favorites. We love everyone that God sends us here to this church. And we want to see everyone actively involved in ministry. Miss Brathwick, I have written out a whole job description for you. Because the moment you came and we washed your feet, I went home that day and started typing what the Lord told me that you would be doing to the glory of God. You need to set an appointment and come see me and get going. You too, Miss Miriam. Where you at? Hey there. Hey, Charles. <laughs> you just knew I would go call you, didn't you? Yeah. But it's not just Charles. It's every man. Every time I see Stephen Graham, I just want to rub your head. Because, you know, Stephen, there's some things that God has put in you that's got to come out of you. And it won't come by just showing up. It is going to come by stepping up and stepping in what God has called us to do. You've got gifts, every one of you. If you didn't think you did, let me just reaffirm you right now. You have a gift. Say, I have a gift. Have a gift. Say it again. I have, a gift. I have a gift. Say it one more time. I have, a gift. I have a gift. Every one of you in here have a gift. Put it into action. Put it into action. 
This is why with home sales, this is a year of home sales. If you can't exhale, we're going to have to ask you to exhale or exit. The cell groups are, should be multiplying. If it's just become your little hangout group, we go to lunch group, we hang out group, you have missed the boat. You have missed the call that God told us that we had to be in this church. Cell groups are supposed to be raising up leaders just about every quarter. I should be getting a report. Pastor, here's another leader. Here's another opportunity to start another cell group in another section of our city. Here's an opportunity. And the person who's a cell leader, you should be so comfortable in Jesus that you send everybody into that next cell group. And trust God that he'll bring others into that group again. And you build up and you send them out. Look, TIs in the military, they don't expect the, the same group that they drill and train to stay there year after year. As proficient as they get, as proficient as they are able to march, as proficient as they are to know how to salute and how to stand at attention and how to do about faces and all of those things, you are graduating a class. And you're taking on another class that you know by the grace of God you can build them up and send them out. We don't have a good military if everybody just stayed. How many of you, your child was in the first grade? Those of you who are parents. How many of your child, you had a child in the first grade? Did they do good in the first grade? They did really well? Did you want them to stay in the first grade the next year? Why are you shaking your head and saying no? Because you realize what? In order for you to grow, in order for them to grow, they have to go. I want to put the go ye back into the Great Commission again. Two-thirds of God's name is go. But if you coach people, coerce people to just to stay with you, you're missing it. See, the, the dynamic, I've been reading about the churches in China, the churches in the northern regions of Africa, that doesn't have what you and, my, you and I might call that organizational structure, but they are popping up everywhere. Because you know what they're focused on? Glorifying God, not glorifying themselves. You might not understand it, but sometimes you are happy with people glorifying you. Don't ever get comfortable with people glorifying you. The happiest you'll ever be in your life when you see people growing and... Hey, anybody ever heard the expression, each one teach one? Each one reach one, each one teach one. You're supposed to reach them, teach them, and send them out to be fishers of men. So Lord, teach me. Teach my hands to war. One of the ways that you do warfare is doing service unto the Lord and teaching others to do the service, to do it just as good as you or even better than you. Anybody ever had somebody work for you that you know that they could do the job even better than you? I have. My whole military life was like that. Yes, I might have been in the supervisory position. But I was thankful when I look at the person that I was supervising and said, they've got it. I've done my job. 
I've taught them everything I know. And they can do it, and they can do it even better. How many of you remember a golfer? He's still alive, but a golfer named Tiger Woods. Do you know that Tiger Woods had a coach? As good as he was, he had a coach. And that coach didn't go out there and say, well, I'm going to play these 18 holes. No, he just got great joy watching Tiger play those 18 holes and play it well. He taught him well. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to teach well. Teach it well. You know, do, do you, you notice that these football teams, the coaches don't ever get out there and say, time out, time out, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. I'll borrow something from John Maxwell here. No, it's not John Maxwell. It's Dean Ratke. I don't want to get it mixed up. There's a man named Dean Ratke. Dean Ratke in his early years was a naval pilot. Graduated from uh, out here at the Naval Academy. He went on and was successful in his Navy career, and then he got out and he worked for uh, this company. Um, uh, some of you know it as The Gap. How do you go from flying planes to being a CEO of Gap? But Dean was giving uh, an example one time. Okay? I'm, br I'm bringing this to an end. If you see me doing this, what am I doing? I'm conducting the orchestra. You guys are orchestra now, okay? I'm conducting the orchestra. But all of a sudden, Denise's responsibility is to, 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 to blow the tuba. That's your favorite instrument, right? Tuba. But when, uh, all of a sudden, Denise blows a note that I know it could be done better. And so I stop, and I go down, give me the tuba, and I'm going to blow the tuba because I want you to get this note right. Now, as I'm here blowing the tuba for Denise, what has stopped? Everybody else, because I'm trying to do it all. One of the things that always hit me in 2023, Pastor, there are some people that are not going to blow the note like you blow the note. But you can't stop and try to do, blow the note for them. Let them keep blowing the note. And at the appropriate times, you're going to have to teach them, perhaps in a different setting. To get that note, and if they get that note, they're going to ask you to blow it better than you blow it. Coaches of these football teams. I don't know the name of the Philadelphia coach. Anybody know them? I do know the name of the coach for Kansas City. But I'm pretty sure that big guy is not going to go out there and block not one time. And he's a big dude. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Tell me his name, man. <laughs> he said, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, tell me, tell, tell me Kansas City's coach's name. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, thank you. Just wasn't coming to my mind, remember. Andy's a big boy. Andy's a big boy. But you know, Andy is not going to get out on there and say, all right. I don't think he's going to do that at all. I think he's going to be on the sideline. I think he's going to have his little earphone in his mouth. I think he's going to be talking to a number of people. Folks, that's what I got to do this year. One of the things that the Lord said to me, take care of your house this year. Take care of your wife this year. Because you and she are going to burn out, and the people are going to burn out with you if you don't rearrange how you do things in the house. 
Well, I don't mind telling you what God tells me. And many of you have to step up and step in and show up and show out. Now, will you do it just like Pastor do it or like Miss Pat would do it? Probably not. But you'll be all right. Jethro, you're going to burn out. Jethro just said this to Moses. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Exodus. You're going to burn out, Doc. Because you're trying to do this from sunup to sundown. And if anybody knows our schedule, that's where we are. Sun up to sundown. I see the lead roll in, and she looks, and she said, that's Pastor's truck. Because when sun up comes, I'm here. I think most people realize, oh, they're still in? We have come in, we've done what we've done, and we're going out, and you're still here? Yeah, sundown. But this year in 2023, the Lord says, victory, victory, victory won't be done like that. I am, if you don't understand what I'm doing right now, I'm asking everybody, you need to step up. Come alongside of us. Strengthen our hands. Pray like you've never prayed before. Sing like you've never sang before. Worship like you've never worshiped before. Serve like you've never served before. Ask yourself even this morning, why am I spiritually unemployed? Why? Why am I not serving in any capacity in my church? And don't let that continue. Change it today. Some of you might be here and you, you haven't even given your life to Christ. You haven't even yielded your hands to God. Put every head bowing, every heart focused on Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hands one more time. I want you to raise your, your hands one more time because you're saying, Father, teach my hands to war. Teach my hands to fight this battle and to win. But the weapons that he's going to give you are not carnal. They're mighty through God. But you've got to give your hands to him first. And then he'll put you in his hand and direct your hands and teach your hands how to do what he did. And even greater works will you be able to do in his name. And while you're here this morning, while your hands are extended, and you said, look, Pastor, I, I think I got it when you said, grab a hold of God. You might have to say to your neighbor, excuse me. You might have to use that hand to tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, excuse me. But I need to go to the altar right now. Because I'm going to give my all to Jesus. I'm going to give my all to Jesus. And if that's you this morning, if that's you, you said, I'm going to give my all to Jesus. I'm going to give my all to Jesus. I'm extending my hand to accept the extended hand of God. You come to the altar right now. I just need to pray with you right now. I will give my all to Jesus. 2023 is a year of victory for me, and it's because I'm going to give my all to Jesus. I will not give him mediocrity. I will not give him something that's left over. I will give him my best. God wants your best. He wants your best days. He wants your best life. He wants to give you his best. He wants his kingdom to come. He wants his will to be done. And he wants it to be done here on the earth, in your life, just like it is in heaven. All over the sanctuary, people are coming. You, don't look and say, who is going? Well, you just say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Just come. Just come. 
I'm looking for some oil. You are here moving I worship you. Let's give it to God this year, church. I worship We're not holding back. You are the best is yet to come. And I know it. I know it for you, Miss Abbey. The best is yet to come. Tanya, I can see you. And God can see you. And the best is yet to come. Oh, your best days are going to be your blessed days as you give your all to Jesus Christ withholding nothing. Somebody shout that with me. Withholding nothing. Because this is a withholding nothing moment for the people of God. You are here, God, and you are right in our midst, and we are going to move with you. When your cloud of glory moves by day, we're moving. When your pillar of fire is with us at night, God, we know we are surrounded with your favor like a shield. Hallelujah. Folks, do you realize that you can't always just wait till somebody else comes? You have to be determined. You have to have already decided, I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. If my mama don't go, I'm still going to go with Jesus. If my papa don't go, I'm still going to go with Jesus. If nobody don't go, I'm going to go with Jesus. I will follow him all the days of my life. He will bless me. He'll bless me coming in. He'll bless me going out. He'll bless me in the city. He'll bless me in the field. And you know what? Whatever I put my hand to, he will bless me. He will bless you. Oh, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. We are going to be true worshipers. And that's what God is seeking, true worshipers. People that are going to worship God in spirit, not in our flesh, but in the spirit, walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, so that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're not trying to do what he does and she does and they do. We are here to obey God, to live for God, to give him our very best. Because you know what? Isn't that what he did for us? Did not he give us his very best? Send his only begotten son, and whosoever believes on him would not perish, but have eternal life. God, thank you for this eternal life. And thank you, Lord. Here's my life. Here's my life. Yield it to you. Here's my life, Lord. Here's my hands. Teach me to walk. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come, man. The best is yet to come. And it's going to get better and better and better every day as you yield to the power of Almighty God in your life. Hallelujah. It's always good to see you, Leslie. It's always good to see you. God has some amazing things for your life. God has some amazing things for your life. Yield it all to Jesus. Give it all to Jesus. And watch him do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think this year alone. Even when I can't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Every bit. You never stop Lord, my hands belong to you. Lord, my life belongs to you. In you, I'm going to live. I'm going to move. And that's how I'm going to have my being. Your kingdom will come and your will alone will be done.
tongue and my life. My hands are yielded to you. Teach me to do the war. Hallelujah. preaching this morning, I want you to come. I need to lay hands on you. It wasn't just to be cute, but if I came to you, I talked to you, I call your name this morning, you come up here. I see you, Denise, come here. Anyone else? I call your name this morning in the midst of preaching. I just had to pray for you to just seal some things that are happening in your life even now. God begins to use your life even more for his glory, even more for his praise and for his honor. There are people that I will never be able to touch, Sergio, that you will be able to touch with the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God's going to use you in a powerful way to do that. God's going to use you as a true prayer warrior, as a true prayer warrior. That wasn't just by incident that took place when you prayed for Grandma. It is something that, that God has specifically called you to. Hallelujah. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Great joy. 
Great joy, great joy. Whatever the devil thought he could do for you to do you, he can't do it. Laugh at the devil and laugh and rejoice with the Lord because that's what he wants you to do. You will win your community. You will win your work community to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is still a call on you for a cell group right on your job. <laughs> Glory to God, and you won't be alone. You will actually find yourself right there involved too because God put the two of you together for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm just going to say to you, this is the day of no delay. This is the day where you truly say, yes, can't be put off any longer. He didn't anoint you and he didn't bless you like he blessed you for us to just lay dormant with it. How many of you know there are things that God puts in your life? It is without repentance. But it's for us to employ it right away. And today, say yes. Yes to his will. Lift your hands, Stephen. In the name of Jesus, your call is to men. Your call is to work closely and deeply with men to help bring men to a closer and deeper relationship to Jesus Christ. It is not something that's going to be done necessarily in a very formal way as you have known in the days past. It will be a new thing, but it will be a great thing. You will teach, and it will teach you how to be courageous men for God, how to be men of valor and excellence, men who move at just the sound of God's voice, men who make a difference and become world changers. Accept that call and stop looking back at all that didn't or what you would have said should have happened. This is a new day. God's going to do a whole new thing in your life and it won't be the way that it used to be. It is new. It's going to be exciting and it's been done just for you so that you might glorify God. Trust Him. Trust Him. simply say to you, you won't have to keep struggling to get what you need to get done. His yoke is easy and the burdens are going to be light. All he needs you is to do is to continue to delight yourself in the Lord. And the Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart, but the struggle is over. Say it out loud of your mouth. The struggle is over. Shout it. I mean, let the devil, the struggle is over. 
you're going to walk in victory, 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 victory in your life. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I thank you and I pray over this man. And I pray, Lord God, that you would order his steps, you set his conversation aright. You would draw him closer than he's ever been to the things of God, to the word of God, and to the voice of God. And the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Thank you, Father, that when he rises, he hears your voice. When he's going through the day, he hears your voice. When he gets ready to lay down at night, he'll hear your voice. And I thank you, Lord, that his answer will be yes. Yes to your will and yes to your way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. You just get a double portion today, huh? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Blessings of the Lord upon you. Draw nigh to God. Trust it. God is drawing nigh to you. Everything's about to change, Curly. Everything's about to change. It's about to change, and something good is about to happen to you and your entire household. A move of God's Spirit more powerful than you've ever experienced in your life is about to come over you and your household, and you will serve the Lord even as you serve others. God's kingdom come, and God's will be done for you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we've been here for a little while, huh? Stand to your feet. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for the attentiveness that you've given the word this morning. Thank you for the praises that you've lifted and rendered unto God. But may I ask you to allow the praises to continually be in your mouth as you go through your day. May I ask you never to grow weary in well-doing because the Bible says you will reap if you faint not. Bless the Lord at all times. Let the praises of God continually be in your mouth. Come here, Nicole. God just wants to lift the... No, I'm not forgetting. He asked me, am I forgetting communion? No, I want you... Ushers, when they go out, I want everybody to just take a communion cup with you. I want you to take a personal moment in your home, personally with your family, and take communion. You watch me take you through it several times. And I want you to actually take it to heart and take what you've been taught and realize that it represents the body of Christ. It, it, it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And in your own personal, intimate way, I want you to be able to say to God, I will never forget I thank you. Because you, do you understand communion is about helping you to remember? What is God trying to say? Sometimes we get so busy with doing stuff, we forget just how much God loves us. We forget just how much God sacrificed for us. And so I want you to take it today, but I want you to take it into your house. And I want you to sit down and have a real loving moment with your God. We could go through the process here. There's nothing like somebody when it's become personal to you. If it doesn't matter to you, don't take it. But if Christ matters to you, you take it. It's sacred. 
Nothing like a father sitting with the children, talking to the children about the blood of Jesus Christ. A mom talking to her children about the blood of Jesus Christ. Your household will change today. Your whole mindset. For those of you who are single, God doesn't forget you. That personal thing. You know, you all have one of the best examples in the Bible. Singles, I'm speaking to. His name is Paul. Paul said, you don't know how blessed you are to be single. Now, how could that be? He says, your attention is not so divided. You can give, and you often are able to just give God your undivided attention. When he says go, you can just go. You don't have to say, well, let me check with the wife. Let me check with the children. You just check in with God and flow. That's why Paul, Paul said, marriage ain't, and then in essence, I paraphrase by saying, he says, marriage has its benefits. But if you think it's not a benefit being single, then you're missing something that God's trying to show you. See, the world has got this mindset that everybody got to be married. That's not how God sees it. Now, he said, if that's in you, you're so desirous to be married, he said, well, it's better for you to go ahead and get married than to burn because he doesn't want you in fornication. He doesn't want you to be in an undefiled or defiled area. He says, the marriage bed is what's undefiled. But he says, I don't want you to be fooled. Being single is not a bad thing. When you take communion today, you're going to realize what I'm talking about because I believe the Holy Ghost will reveal some things to you as you begin to thank God for what he's done in your life. Lift your hands. They're lifting their hands with you, Nicole, and they're lifting you up. But God wants you to come out of grief. You hear me? God wants you to see your daddy like the Bible tells you your daddy is. Where is he? What's he doing? Where is he at? In a mansion. Did you live in a mansion while you were down here? <laughs> he is now. God wants you to see him rejoicing like you never rejoiced before. No health issues. No shortness of breath. No ton of medicine. Lord have mercy. I'm my mind. I look at all them bottles I have for Miss Pat and I go, Lord have mercy. He's rejoicing. If he could come back, all he'd come back do is pinch you on the cheek and say, girl, smile. It's good. Can't wait till you get here. Now, every now and then you have to say, Dad, now, ain't no hurry. Let me finish my assignment down here like you finish yours. But God wants you to get your joy back. Amen? The tears have to. Jesus caught all those tears that you cried. But at Heaven's Gate, I believe there's a, Delaine, you gave Pat and I one when our daughter went home to be with the Lord. It's a little precious moment, and it's got a little person there with a, a container and all the little Kleenex, all the little handkerchiefs. You just put them in there because there ain't going to be no more crying days. 
Your dad's got no more crying days and you have no more crying days. All your tears will be tears of joy. All your days will be rejoicing. This is why he's teaching your hands to war. Amen. The devil wanted to put a heaviness over you where you couldn't move. He's trying to immobilize you. But this is the time to get mobilized. Let God arise. Enemies are scattered. Bless our Lord in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We love you. Those of you who are watching online, we love you. Thank God for you. And we look forward to seeing you this coming Wednesday. Men, I'll join you at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning as we call in to our prayer line. And I love, you know, last week, as much as I wanted to, I couldn't. But you prayed. And I want you to continue to pray. And I'll join you this week, the Lord willing, at 6 a.m., men. We'll be on the prayer line. God bless you. That's my baby. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.